0: Hey friends, today I'm interviewing the Smiths. They are a couple who have five children. That is the actual number, yes, five. They are adorable. They really are just open and honest in sharing their struggles they've had in marriage with intimacy, which is something people don't like to talk about. Like, oh, well, we're married. Everything should be fine, right? And it wasn't fine. And they open up about it, they share about it. But more than that, I just share about how to pray for your spouse and how to be a good partner in this thing called life, because it's not always easy, right? But anyways, if you are married, if you are in a relationship, if you want to be married or in a relationship one day, this episode is for you.
2: How's it going, Katie?
0: Hi. Good. Thanks for joining us from across the country in Oregon. Thanks for having us. Yes. You guys have a really cool gift that you wrote about praying for your marriages. But before we get into that, I would just uh, love to hear who you are.
2: Let me start with that.
1: Yeah. So Aaron and I, we've been married for 16 and a half years. So we got married back in 2007 and had a couple interesting and difficult challenges Early in marriage, and then um, we ended up pregnant right around year five, and then just had a few kids back to back. And so we have five kids. Um, Our oldest, just a few, (laughs) just a few. Our oldest is uh, ten and a half, and our youngest is three. Um, We have boys and girls. So yeah, just we live up in Central Oregon. We love it here. Um, Originally from Southern California, which I always feel like that's that's home. You know, it's familiar, but. We like to go back and visit grandparents. And uh, what else? What am I missing?
2: Well, a, a little bit about the, the ministry business side of what we do is we started um, early on uh, sharing uh, our marriage journey, not as marriage experts, but just, hey, here's what God's teaching us. Here's where we're at. Here's things we're struggling with. Here's things that God's showing us. And that started taking off and uh, people were responding to that and our, our honesty, our transparency about things we were dealing with. And that turned into a devotional we wrote, and then that turned into another devotional, and then that turned into prayer de- prayer devotionals we wrote, and um, and now we do a we host a weekly podcast called Marriage After God.
1: Our heart's desire is just to um, encourage couples where they're at, and to remind them that you know it's important to have Christ at the center. And yeah,
2: yeah. And so we've just like we said, we're not marriage experts. We just use our marriage as a as a launching pad to share Jesus with people and to point people back to the Word of God. And yeah. And uh, I mean, like we always say, uh, your spouse is your closest neighbor. So it's like, how can we love? Laugh? <laughs> so
0: <laughs> that's so good. And I love what you guys are doing. Tell me about the husband revolution and the unveiled wife, kind of like your precursor to what you're doing now. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it started with the unveiled wife. I we both had full time jobs, and like Aaron said, we just wanted to uh, share our marriage journey. And and really, what happened is Aaron knew that I had a passion for writing, and it's always been a part of my life. And,
2: and I had a passion for like uh, marketing and creating blogs. And I was doing a lot of that um, for my company I was working with. And
1: so he was like, well, I can set you up this blog. And I was like, well, I'm not going to put my name on it because that's scary.
2: But uh, it was called The Unveiled Wife.
1: So I titled it <laughs> The Unveiled Wife. And then I realized this whole thing is about transparency with the Lord, transparency with your husband and being known. And so about three days in, I realized I have to like be transparent. say, yeah, say who I am and um, just spent like a few years really diving into what we were learning and just sharing everything that we could about our marriage journey and then um, there was a lot of wives that were like
2: my husband my, my husband like would this.
1: love something like this and so Aaron felt inspired to create husband revolution as just this means to encourage husbands and then eventually we merged the two with marriage after God and, and now so, that's
2: our main focus yeah. those we still have our social media accounts separately and so I, I mainly speak to husbands and she mainly speaks to wives but our main ministry is marriage after God, our podcast and um, the books we write. So yeah, we merged it into the one thing.
0: Amazing. Okay. So marriage after God, obviously is super important. I talk about dating a lot on the internet, healthy relationships, marriage, all of that good stuff. And so I'm sure obviously you have a lot to add to the conversation. I guess maybe if you can maybe back me up to your dating and what that looks like, maybe the girl who's listening, who's like, yeah. I desire marriage, but right now I'm just trying to find a guy on Hinge who was in a dirt bag. <laughs>
1: yeah. Mm. <laughs> I, going back to when, where I was at in that place, I had come out of a relationship and just realized like, I need a I need to focus on my relationship with the Lord and give my heart wholly to him. Because if, if I can't, I felt like the Lord was sharing with me. if If I can't trust him with my heart, then how is he going to trust me with my husband's, my future husband's And so I spent a lot of time just digging into scripture and prayer and spending time like, you know, at youth events and things like that, and really just surrounding myself with people that were uplifting and encouraging. Aaron was one of those people that- um, We were
2: really close friends during that season. We were
1: close friends and he invited me to be, you know, help with the youth at his church. And so we just formed a really strong friendship there. And we, we were friends for a while before we started dating. Yeah. I think both of while, us yeah. both of us were in a place where we we held marriage in high esteem and kind of didn't want to go down that dating road without an already like commitment to hey this is this is where we're headed like we want to get married.
2: And I didn't realize this but I was in the exact same situation as you were saying and I was like that's what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, I had just come out of my my first only like relationship I have ever had with a girlfriend and I, and I spent I think I spent like 3 years or two years, like, I'm like, I'm not, I don't even want, I'm wasting my time trying to pursue something. I don't even know what it is. I don't even know what I want. And so I was like, I'm just going to focus on you, God. I just want to grow and mature and be prepared to be a husband. And in that season, um, uh, as I got cl- I got to a point where I was like, you know, I, I think I'm ready. To, like I want to pursue a wife. I want to pursue a relationship. And so I, I prayed a lot in that season and I, I know you were too, that mm-hmm. like, okay, Lord, what, who is this person that I'm going to marry? Who, um, how do I know when I see them? And I remember specifically, you know, asking God, I said, okay, Lord, I, I'm going to pursue uh, friends that I'm interested in, but not romantically. So I'm going to, I'm going to take, Spend time like, with. like I had, you, know, you were one of my friends yeah. and I, I spent, we would go hang out. We do, we do group things. We would, and there was through that time and, and being very specific and praying and not jumping the gun and not pursuing the emotional side of things, just the friendship side of things. Um, I felt God would point out like, oh, I, I don't think this is the one I don't, or I don't, this isn't the one I would, I would feel that very strongly and be like, okay. And I would kind of drift away from that. But with you. Um, it was like the angels exact were opposite. singing the light yeah, light shined down. It was no. very glamorous. No. no, it was a, because I was being so intentional in, in asking that specifically about who and, and not um, jumping the gun.
1: You were tuning into him and yeah. how he was leading you.
2: Something changed in me where I was focused in, on something over here and didn't see it in you. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I saw it in you. I was like, Oh, I didn't think about this before. And then I started spending all my time with you and eventually, I was like, Hey, you want to, mm-hmm you know, be my girlfriend. I
1: was so excited. (laughs) Actually, your
2: mom was like, when are you going to date my daughter?
1: (laughs) They all saw it coming. But what's really cool and beautiful is that our hearts were dedicated to prayer for for our future spouse, but each other eventually. And uh, when, after we were dating for like a year and a half, Aaron did propose. And part of his proposal was he opened up his Bible and showed me this these handwritten prayers for different sp- things in his life. And then he gets to the Even last one. Even before run. I
2: knew you were.
1: Yeah, they were all dated spouse, yeah. and it was before we were friends. And one of the prayers was very specific about his future wife. And then he looks up and says, you know, God it's answered you. my yeah. prayer with you. And I was just like, oh, okay. Yes. It was was
2: cool. And, uh, you, you said something earlier about wasting our time Mm -hmm. and that's how I had felt, um, that I was wasting my time with just a relationship rather than a pursuit of something more than that. And so my intention, your intention was, I'm not interested in just dating to like get to know you. Like if, if I'm going to ask you to be my, my girlfriend, if I'm going to ask you to be, you know, be with me, it's with the, it was from the beginning with the intention of marriage. Yeah. And so like, if that wasn't the case, then there was going to be no us. Mm-hmm. And I remember actually telling you that early on mm-hmm. and you were like, "For it. you had mm-hmm. before that you were like already like, that's going to be my <laughs> husband. I'm ready for that guy. But I wasn't there yet. Yeah. But when we started dating, it was like, Hey, Obvious. The, the point, I don't know when or how long, but the point is, is like, I, I, I want to be married. Yeah. And,
0: I love all of this. (laughs) One of the quotes I share a lot on social media is you're either dating for marriage or you're dating for heartbreak. And so, as you said, like that's kind of how you went into this as well. But I'm curious if you maybe like know some language around this because perhaps the first date (laughs) is not appropriate to say, Uh, yeah, I'm shopping for wedding, wedding rings or whatever, right? Like, so you got, you were friends and stuff like that. So, that's obviously a good way to navigate that. But I don't know. Is there a ways to be like, I'm not sure that you are the one, but that is my pursuit. Um, yeah. Maybe just some language about like how that conversation looks. If you remember. Yeah, I,
1: think, I think that there were um, prying questions, engaging questions that we asked each other when we would be hanging out of like, what, how do you see yourself, you know, in so many years mm-hmm. or um, what would your ideal marriage look like? And you, you ask these questions that kind of draw a response that you're, evaluating, right? And you're seeing, okay, that, that aligns with what I want or, oh, I think that too, or,
2: mm-hmm. you know. Um, I, I would, I would say a lot of that stuff, um, a, a good strategy is kind of what we did. Like you said that, that first date that our first date was actually before we were, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend, before we were in a relationship, we spent a lot of time with each other in groups. So you get to, when you do that and you, you like a person, even if you're not, um, in a relationship, I, we were able to experience each other and the way we interact and the way we think and the way we act and the, and the things we say for a year and a half mm-hmm. before we even started dating. So when I had asked you, I already knew I liked who you were mm-hmm. and I had already spent a lot of time with your family and I already spent and, and, and vice versa. You spent a lot of time with my mom and, yeah. and worked with her and we, and we were doing ministry together even before we ever said, Hey, you want to make Made this official. a serious thing? Yeah. And so a lot of those questions that I didn't even know to ask, were already being answered just by spending significant amount of time with a person Mm -hmm. that you enjoy being around Um, rather than we just met and now let's get to know each other. I know that's nowadays is is pretty common, Um, but even in that case, taking time and saying, why don't we before jumping the gun, because we're emotional creatures and Mm -hmm. we have physical needs and we have all these things that drive us let's just be friends and mm-hmm. let's, let's pursue, let's, I want to get to know your family. I want to yeah. get to know your friends. There's, I this, wanna...
1: there's this element of kind of studying each other. So if you take it back to school, it's like, you're, you're studying one another to see, you know, mm-hmm. is this going to work? Yeah. And you're in 101 what? and then you're going to yeah. move to
2: 102 <laughs> yeah. next is, is dating. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. And no one, I don't think anyone wishes they would have jumped to graduate level sooner. Right. Yeah. You know, like no the, way. <laughs> and so I don't know that much can be lost by taking things slower and just getting to, to know each other. My husband and I were friends for a while first as well. So that's, that's interesting oh, cool. story. So yeah, we were like just kind of dating in group. Well, we weren't dating. We were just hung out, you know, in groups. And then it was all of a sudden like,
2: Hmm. Um, <laughs> um, a thought I've, I've had for a long time, I, you know, growing up, I think our generation, I'm not, I'm not quite sure how old you are, but I know our generation um, there was a lot about this, you know, purity culture and, and this waiting culture and this, uh, you know, um, setting up your your list of non-negotiables and you know you're you're creating this perfect spouse that doesn't exist. <laughs> and uh, I think there's a there's an overcomplication that we've done in relationships when the Bible gives us more of a it's a more simple. Are it's not are they the perfect spouse? Because really that who you are as a spouse doesn't exist yet because you're not a spouse yet. You're not living with that person yet. You don't have that, that commitment yet.
1: Also after 16 years of marriage, I would just add to that, that we change a lot over time. Oh yeah.
2: I'm (laughs) who we are today. We are not who we were 16 years ago,
1: which kind of lends itself to the point you're making.
2: Yeah. And the the point is, is um, it's less about like, how do you get all the answers answered? All the questions answered because we don't know even what questions to ask is is this person someone I'm willing to commit to Yeah. from the limited information that I have off of the few years I've known them or less the weeks, months, do I, can I be a part of her family? Can, do I want her to be a part of my family? Do I, do I want to commit to figuring out whatever the next thing looks like with this person rather than, well, they haven't checked all the boxes. Therefore, you know, I'm going to move on. And because if we have all those boxes, we often we're, we might, We might overlook the person that will eventually check all those boxes, Mm -hmm. even if they don't do it right now. Yeah,
0: no, one hundred percent. You know, a lot of people say, "Oh, find someone who makes you happy," and that's adorable. But (laughs) I've heard it. Maybe, yeah. But maybe a a better is find someone you can suffer with, and and that's not adorable, Mm -hmm. but it's reality. And we're going to face hardships, and we're going to face, and so the unforeseen of real life.
1: Yeah. Are mm-hmm. you
0: willing to stand beside this person when you're holding someone's hand at a hospital or saying goodbye to a loved one or whatever? You know, those, those hard things. Mm-hmm. That's the commitment, that's the good stuff, that's the you and me through thick and thin that we all crave, but we <laughs> we forget this, you know, we want it now, we want it our way, we want no suffering. Well, good luck in life because that's yeah. not the mm-hmm. way it's gonna work.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what's funny is that, um you said, you know, whose makes me happy? Like the people that we love the most are often the people that make us the most angry <laughs> like they, they get to us the, the on the deepest levels um but that's also where where love comes from like god like in our lives he doesn't just make everything all fuzzy and happy he no he he loves us so much that he's gonna he's willing to dig into the ugliest parts of us to Pernous. to change us yeah. and to, to to transform us mm-hmm. and into more like him you yeah. know
0: great so that's good um, You guys talked about something at the beginning I don't want to gloss over is when you were both single and kind of having this like, yes, I do desire marriage, but first I want to work on myself. Like, first of all, amen. That's so (laughs) huge because a lot of, there's this mentality of, oh, well, I'll just find the right person and all my problems will be solved. Again, unfair and untrue to have this savior mentality for another flawed human being. But um, I want you to unpack that. And then how prayer was a huge piece of that, because it's also a huge piece of your story.
1: Yeah. um, So as I was thinking, as you were asking the question, um, kind of put myself back to my younger self. And I thought about how I was abiding in the Lord and and his word and like trying to figure out, okay, who I am in him and, um, and how he was refining me in that time. But really what I, in hindsight, saw was how much marriage kind of draws out of you um, who you really are because you get confronted often in that intimate relationship. And, um, and so maybe I didn't know exactly, uh, how to draw closer to the Lord back when we were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, but the practice of going to him and the practice of prayer and the practice of abiding in his word became a foundation so that when we got married and when we were enduring, you know, struggle in our relationship or circumstance, I knew what to do. I didn't know how to, I didn't know what the the, the answer was going to be, but I knew that if I went to him and trusted in him and, um, was tuned in to hit the way that he was leading us, I could trust that. And that's what I've kind of relied on over the years. (laughs) I hope that encourages someone listening today. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add to that.
2: Yeah. One second. For me, the, uh, in that season of, of kind of saying, Hey, I'm going to stop you know, focusing so hard, you know, in my early, you know, 18, 1920s 20s, um, trying to find a relationship, a spouse. It First of all, it was freeing. I was like, oh, because I look back on our years of dating. And even before that, I'm like, I don't miss those days. <laughs> I don't miss the days of feeling lonely. I don't miss the days of having to, like, it's a, that's a, such a big thing that can overwhelm us. And uh, it setting no and say, I'm going to wait. Is is if it's freeing, and it's also it allows me to say, okay, Lord, like I I do actually trust that you will, you know, let me know when, and you'll show me, and you will guide me in that, rather right. than me trying to find it and saying, Lord, what about this? What about this? Mm-hmm. And in that season, I just remember, like you said, I had those those prayers I was writing out. I can talk to him and ask him, and and what was happening is he was pointing out not who the right person was, but hey, here's how I want you to become a man. Mm-hmm. Here's what kind of husband I want you to be. Here's what, like. This is, this is who I'm calling you to be for your spouse, for your future wife. And so we always encourage people like, don't look for the right spouse, you know, seek to be the right spouse. And that, that's what we should be. It's because you, whenever you read the Bible, um, you know, someone used to tell me like, read your own mail. Mm-hmm. Like you can always point out like, oh, see what this says for you. And they're like, well, no, it's look what it says for you. <laughs> How are we, who are we? Um, again, th- this can sound very, um, um, wow. Ideal. <laughs> it was not always that way. Even when we were dating, we had struggles and yeah. emotional breakdowns and fears and, and sin and all sorts of things that get wrapped up in our lives. But foundationally, like you said, our what we were relying on was a pursuit of God. And, th- habit, and that was
1: in a habit of prayer
2: and a habit of prayer. <laughs> habit of prayer. Um, but so even though there was a lot like all of the other unanswered questions, because we don't know who we are, we're, mm-hmm. we're turning into to adults, we're, you know, eventually going to be spouses trying to figure out what that looks like. It's still taking 16 years to figure out. Um, We, we, we both had a foundational belief in who Christ is and his word. So at the end of the day, no matter what we are feeling in the moment or going through or being deceived by like, we always are getting by God's Holy spirit being brought back to like, well, what do you believe? Mm -hmm. Like, I know you feel this way. I know you want to do this. I know you're dealing with that, but this is truth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I would say just another tip for anyone in pursuit is not just someone that says like, yeah, I'm a Christian, but someone who loves God Mm -hmm. and actually has a high, the highest view of his word and talking to him because you, with those things, that's the only way we get through anything in life, Mm -hmm. not just marriage, but we need him.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. If this show is helpful to you and I hope that it is, if you have gained some wisdom, if you have had some insight And if you also drink liquid IV or want to, you help the show and you help yourself by saving and also enjoying the magic that is liquid IV. I drink the energy packet every morning in a bottle of water in lieu of coffee, but there's a million different flavors. You don't have to get the caffeine. You guys, one packet of liquid IV in one bottle of water is the equivalent of two bottles of water in your system. It is hydrating, it is delicious. So do yourself a favor, get some liquid IV in your cabinet, save some money, support this podcast, and do it all while being hydrated. Use promo code truth at liquidiv.com. That's promo code truth at liquidiv.com. The link is waiting for you in the show notes. I do online mentoring and I feel like you're touching on so many conversations that I've had. And girls will reach out and they desire this, and they want this, but we're not seeing this on TV. We're not seeing this on social media, at least not by and not large.
1: TV.
0: Right. So, and if they weren't modeled this at home, like, what does this look like? And so I, I was so excited to interview you guys because I think that as you just said, having crisis, your foundation. And, and of course, that doesn't mean your life is going to be sunshine and roses. And of course mm-hmm. you're still going to get on each other's nerves and you're human like the rest of us. But what has that foundation of prayer of keeping God in the center, like give us just some tactical and like all the good stuff about how that's worked in your marriage. Do you
2: want to go? Um, So in our marriage, uh, again, having those foundations, whenever we come to, so like, let's say a disagreement, argument, a fight, whatever you want to call it. um, And they're on various levels, (laughs) depending on where we're at. Yeah. Depending on the topic or where we're at in life (laughs) and emotions and physical and all the things. um, Often uh, one of us, we're like, are we going to pray? <laughs> Even with an attitude, sometimes. But it's like, it immediately like it humbles us because the moment you rem- bring bring God into it, because He's there the whole time, He's watching and his, his Spirit's speaking to us. But sometimes we're like, "No, God, I want to. I'm just angry, or yeah. I'm I'm feeling this way." But recognizing God and it, it merely r- makes you recognize how small we are. Mm-hmm. Like He's He's God and we're not. And everything that I'm holding on to that feels like I'm justified in everything that I'm holding on to. I feel like, well, until you change, I just get reminded like, well, he's, what has he done for me? Or when I you know, go before him in prayer, it's like, I'm like, okay, God, here's all these things I'm so frustrated about. And God's like, okay, how, how important are those things? How how big do you feel those things are? And, and it's
1: almost like you zoom out and see this heavenly perspective, God's perspective of you and your spouse. And you just go, Oh, Okay, we're mm. really small.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I feel really little right now, yeah. and that humility then breaks down all the pride mm-hmm. that's keeping us in that place. And again, I, this sounds very ideal. It doesn't always just flow like this, <laughs> but you know, sometimes it's a, a day or two, but usually it's like mm-hmm. it's pretty quick. It's within the day where you know, prayer and, and having God's mind and His Holy Spirit convicting us. Brings us back to a place of like, well, I'm really sorry how I treated you. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have said that. And you're like, well, I'm really sorry that I responded that way. I should have done that. And
1: and doing it in the midst of like a hard circumstance like that uh, becomes a lot easier if you're doing it during all the other moments of life, like when things are good or a little bit more healthy. Yeah, not just when it's hard. And so we committed to being able to pray with each other, and one of us would initiate. Um, for us, the best time was before we went to bed at night. And so just considering like if you're you. Know, You know, what would be the best time of day, but somehow get together, even if you're separated by distance, like make that phone call or text, whatever Mm -hmm. you can to engage spiritually with one another and be intimate in, in that spiritual place with each other to say, Hey, we're going to bring our relationship before the Lord, because this is important.
2: Well, we did that all while we were dating. Mm -hmm. We, every night, pretty much without fail, we'd call each other or if we had
1: seen each other, we'd we'd pray pray with each other
2: before we, we parted ways.
1: Which I think why I think we recognize the power of prayer in our marriage. Even those, like I mentioned, the first few years that were really hard for us. Um, there were times that I was more resistant to the Lord, and because I was frustrated and angry with our circumstances. And um, Aaron upheld our relationship by praying for us and over us. Not every day, and it wasn't perfectly walked out, but mm-hmm. he was willing to stand in the gap for us. And I think if he, even if one spouse can do that, oh, it's so it's so powerful. Um, and so I think that's where, yeah, yeah, where a big portion of our ministry came from this, this desire to remind couples, just the importance of prayer, um, uh, because we've experienced it in our life, how it be- it becomes an anchor and it becomes a place where you two can kind of just melt together, no matter what you're going through, no matter wh- how hard circumstances are, you kind of just come to a place, like you said, of humility where you're, you're before the Lord and you tune into him and you're like, okay, we need help. Mm-hmm.
0: I love that you talked about a zoomed out view. Every time I go I'm on an airplane and you have that aerial view, yes. it's just like a it's like a reminder like my problems are not that bad, you know.
2: <laughs> Everything's so small down there, yeah. yeah.
0: Right, right. It's just it's a little perspective shift, but um, prayer. You said that it was this, this was the beginning when you first started dating. This was like a central part of your relationship. But a lot of people are saying, but like. Well, you know, great, but I've been dating my partner for so long, or we've been married, or whatever, and that hasn't been a part. And, and this sounds great. And I'd like to introduce that. Just maybe some tips on, like, hey, I want to start having that conversation with your boyfriend, spouse, whatever, about why this matters and what would it look like to get started?
1: Yeah, I think just first off, sharing uh, if prayer is important to you, sharing that with. Uh, Your significant other of like this is a really big part of my faith, and you know this is why it's important to me, and this is like what I do um, for starters. And then to engage in that way, you can start by just asking them, "Is there anything you need prayer for? Is there anything I can pray? How can I pray for you? How can I pray for you?" And just giving them those little moments uh, or opportunity, um, even if they don't want to pray out loud or they don't want to pray with you, you can still be praying for them. Um, and then one of the biggest reasons why we wrote this book is because throughout our time doing this ministry, we've gotten a lot of comments and people responding to like prayer is not always the most comfortable place to be with someone. I, I, You know, I stumble over my words or I don't know what to say. And so our hope and desire for this book was that we would create a resource that is like a prompt where it kind of gets you started, but then you can take it and turn it into something more personal. And so mm. our hope is just that couples would be willing to try it.
2: Yeah. And I, I agree with all that. Um, I, I understand we've, we've had a lot of people mention that, Hey, I don't know how to pray out loud. I don't feel comfortable praying out loud. We've met many people like this. It's an, it's a pretty common thing. Uh, Maybe it's a fear of not having the right words or not sounding spiritual enough or, uh, often it's probably a deeper fear of, of divulging spirit, like what's inside of us. Cause that's what, I mean, when you're communing with God, like it's easy to be quiet, and have a, you know, hidden private conversation with God, which Mm -hmm. is totally fine. But the moment you pray it out loud, especially with your spouse and you, you're genuinely praying, not just, you know, going through the motions like, okay, thank you for the day. Good night, which is not wrong. But when you're genuinely like, I, I, I'm praying for you uh, over this, this heartache you have, or I'm praying over my own anxieties that I'm having right now. Now you're sharing things that you're afraid of, Mm -hmm. things that you're dealing with, struggling with sin is being confessed. Those are terrifying things. A lot lot of people are more willing to be intimate with their bodies than they are with their souls. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and God, it wants to, prayer is so important. Like he knows everything, right? So, but why would he ask us to pray to him? It even says that, that we be known by him. He knows us, but more so that we, that he, that we make ourselves known to him. I think
1: it's in the offering that becomes a really beautiful place of connection. Where you offer it up, even though you know that the Lord knows you're struggling with something, well, you're sharing it.
2: I always bring this this analogy of like, we may know something about our children, but how much more special is it when they come to us and they let us know? Mm-hmm. They say, I'm scared of this. And you're like, oh, I saw that you were scared of that. Mm-hmm. But now that they came to us because they love us and trust us and they shared something from inside them. Mm-hmm. And so God wants that from us because it's, even though he knows, because he's omniscient, He wants he desires like we desire to for us to be known to him and to reveal ourselves to him and our spouses want the same thing
1: and i think one of the most beautiful places in marriage and experiences in marriage is when you do hear your your spouse praying to the lord about something in their heart and you overhear it they're letting you in to that space mm-hmm. and you get to know them yeah in a really unique way i love that i love that about our relationship
2: yeah so I, my encouragement would be uh practicing being open and transparent to God and not just assuming like he knows these deep parts, but actually laying them out. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, I'm fearful of this. I have doubts over this. I'm angry at this person. I'm uh, struggling with this and, and practicing communing with God because that's who we're praying to. Mm -hmm. And then slowly practice, like let's trying to do that out loud with your spouse or, you know, your significant other that if you're dating with the intention of marriage, I, would, I want to put that in there. If, if you yeah. genuinely have an intention and you've made that known, then that's a good thing to start practicing with your girlfriend or boyfriend.
0: Yeah. As you said, obviously like headed toward marriage or being married. I mean, this is a form of intimacy. And as you said, it's probably an under appreciated, under tapped into and how sad, because I mean, I think that we would all agree. We want to be known at our deepest level and, and loved for our good and our bad and our ugly. And how sad that we can often give our bodies versus our spiritual side, because it's such a form of intimacy as well. And to not, uh, I don't know, tap into that resource or not Mm -hmm. go to that level of intimacy for a lifetime with some people, I'm sure it just seems like um, sad. So anyway, I'm glad that you're creating conversations, writing a book, Mm -hmm. helping couples to do this. And I'm sure you probably agree the first few times probably do feel awkward, but you just have to push past that.
2: It's very, yeah, it could be well. there's times that even now when we've done our whole marriage and before marriage is awkward, depending on mm-hmm. where, if we just had a fight and I'm want to pray, I feel small and I'm like, well, can I even step before God and pray right now? Cause I was such a you know fool over here mm-hmm. just now, but like, that's what God, why he wants us to come to him in our foolishness, in our humanity and reveal ourselves to him and, and ask him to change us. And,
1: and just like any other thing, any other discipline or practice when you do it, you do get better at it. I just want to be encouraging. Like you do get better at yeah. it. You do find the words and the Lord inspires you. There's been plenty of times even recently where I'm like, God, I don't really know what to pray for right now, but we're here and <laughs> mm-hmm. we love you. So even just keeping it short and simple.
2: And uh, our heart with the, the marriage gift, which is three three 365 prayers for our marriage is, is not so much about like, look at all these big words you can use and look how extravagant you can make the prayer. It's more about like, look at the things that we should be praying for. Yeah. Like here, like it. It's more about this. Like we forget that every aspect of our life we can come before God with, and should. He says, pray for everything and in all things, and mm-hmm. at all times without ceasing. So, that's more of our, that's our heart for this. Is that hey, here's a here's an opportunity, a tool that you can use to inspire, to a catalyst to create a pattern and a and a daily habit of mm-hmm. coming before God for your spouse, with your spouse.
0: 365 prayers, what a gift. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's awesome that you've done that. Um, well, I'm just thankful for what you guys are doing. Tell me about when the book comes out, how we can
2: get
1: our hands on it, all of that good stuff. So it officially launches October 17th. Woo-hoo! So we're really excited about that. And uh, you can tell them where.
2: Well, you can actually, you can currently pre-order it and there's a lot of people already doing that. Okay. Um, and uh, if you go to themarriagegift.com, themarriagegift.com, one word, uh, and it'll take you right to the book and you can pre-order it. Uh, what's awesome about it, especially on Amazon, is they do their pre-order um, guarantees that you'll usually you get it the day it launches at your house, which is pretty cool. Um, but also if the price drops at all, it'll, they'll discount it as it discounts, which is pretty awesome. So, I
1: thought you were going to say what's awesome about it is the cover because I think it's really pretty. The cover is really pretty. <laughs> The cover is beautiful. Oh, Tell us the story behind it. Oh, it's just um, a collaboration with our editor. And um, we're just really excited about it. It's rich filling. It's got some depth to it. And the colors and um, the two rings, obviously, on the front just represent that. Yeah,
2: that there was marriage. a lot of back and forth because we wanted to put, there was so much words we wanted to put on the front because we're like, <laughs> we feel like we will, there's something that we need to say with this. And so, but they our, our designers did a really good job yeah. organizing it and making it look really nice.
0: Well, I love the conversations that you're having from men and women and marriages and everywhere in between about this gift of marriage. Like I said, I think that our world is starved for examples of what, what is this, you know, our world is saying, oh, it's, I heard some star coming out with their second or third divorce saying, it doesn't matter. It's just paperwork. And I'm like, no,
2: No. I know. Right. Right? We we just did a podcast episode about that, talking about how our, our relationship and our marriage is not, it's not paper. It's like, that's, that's something that the government gives us to make it official, but it's, it's an actual, it's a, it's a covenant. It's a, it's a decision made between two people that we honor before God. And it's so much more than paperwork. Yeah.
0: Right. Right. And you're inviting to a, a level of intimacy, like I said, that, is often untapped into. And I'm just thankful that you're having these conversations. Thank you. So um, I always like to ask people at the end of our interviews, if you could have coffee with your 20 year old self, what would you say? I like to af- ask you guys, maybe if you could have coffee with your newlywed selves, what uh, would you say? Oh man.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Like uh, how much time do I have? Because I hope that, <laughs> I, hope that I have a few so hours with, them. No, um, with myself.
2: I would say some newlyweds. Oh, that's interesting because, I feel like because of the things that we were dealing with, yeah, um, we very quickly um, felt a lot of weight, mm-hmm. just bitterness and uh, all those all those things that come with some of the struggles. I know we didn't talk about it, but um,
1: it was an intimacy struggle.
2: Yeah, we had we had struggle physically with each other, um, and to, just encouraging us to that it, that wasn't going to last forever, and that we can have a, have a lighter outlook on on mm-hmm. our relationship and have more fun with each other. Yeah. I, I would tell, I would definitely tell myself not to be so afraid.
1: I feel like looking back in hindsight, I was afraid of a lot. I was afraid of intimacy. I was afraid of our marriage and whether it was going to last being or not, hurt, being hurt, losing
2: control, any, all um, the things.
1: I was afraid of a lot. Um, and just circumstantially, like what we were experienced going from, you know, what felt like just being teenagers to, because I got married at 21. I mean, it, it was all new to me. So I would say, don't be afraid, trust him, trust the Lord and, uh, be patient.
2: Yeah. With well, and talk more openly about our things earlier because yeah. we shared with a couple of people, but we were not, well, that like, was part
1: of the problem is I was afraid to talk yeah. about what we were struggling with because I wanted this appearance of like, no, we're fine. We're good. Yeah. So, so I would tell her, yep. let go of all of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's and great. that's what you said, kind of birth of what you're doing now. You
0: yes. eventually let that veil down and start talking about your struggles, right? Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: And
2: we found, and through that found tons of healing in just various aspects. And it's something that continually, you know, we find healing in is, you know, if we just continue to reveal how broken we are and the, the things that we deal with and mm-hmm. how good God is, um, it frees us from the bondage of feeling like we have to put on a face because yeah. that was too much work.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, reading between the lines here, but I <laughs> – I'm assuming you said an intimacy struggle. I yeah. a lot of times on my comments on social media, uh, people will say, well, you got to try it before you buy it. You're living proof of you figure it out and you grow together. And you I'm sure have a testament of being stronger and everything is better oh, yeah. now, but like, you know, wedding night, does not have to be fireworks? Okay. Like this Look is something Four <laughs> four
2: four and a half years of not fireworks.
1: It was, <laughs> and it was frustrating because I thought, okay, just this first night was going to be hard. But then when the second, third, you know, First months, few weeks and then and the months, years. I'm like, the, what? <laughs> it was definitely a shock. But yes, I would tell myself, it, I would tell my younger self, it does get better. So mm-hmm. just, and what it, a
0: testament, though, that you guys praying for each other, working through it, having conversations, not just pretending everything's okay. That is an intimacy level of, hey, this is awkward and this is you know, an awkward topic to talk about, but like the Testament now of healing, I'm sure you're not the only couple who's walked through this and healing so many other people. And
2: mm. amazing,
1: yeah. so good.
2: Yeah, good our good.
0: mess becomes our message.
1: Oh, I love that. That's true. <laughs>
0: I like Put it on t t-shirt. Um,
1: well, thank you so much guys
0: for being here at the You guys are lovely and I'm excited about sharing this episode and getting my hands on this marriage devotional.
2: Thank you so much for having us. This was awesome. Katie was awesome. Thank you.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, I would enjoy you sharing it with a friend. If you take a screenshot and share it on your social, make sure you give me a tag at Katie Bulmer life, and I will definitely make sure I respond. And thank you so much for sharing the love. Hey, and if you're new to the podcast, make sure you scroll back. We have over a hundred episodes interviewing experts and 20 somethings and everyone in between tackling all the hottest topics you wish you knew, but maybe just don't. This is called the truth for your twenties podcast. And I'm so thankful that you are here.